we just got a call from PR Newswire that they they will not put out your press release. And I was like, whoa. I was like, has this ever happened before? And, and she was like, uh, no. <laughs> no. It's never. They're, they're, <laughs> companies constantly putting out press releases. All they do is put out press releases all day. Da, 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 da. No. And in 10 minutes, PR Newswire had already come to the scientific conclusion that telling people about our film series was some sort of heretical sin. I think that's sort of indicative of like people think they're getting information. They're not getting it. They're, they're getting what, you know, certain people want you to know. Greetings and love you beautiful humans. Mike Wallach and DJ Leslie are the filmmakers behind the five part documentary series, the viral delusion, which includes interviews with some of our past guests. Where terrain theory is often positioned opposite germ theory, we feel an ongoing obligation to bring on the folks who are doing the heavy lifting around exposing the questionable science that sits at the foundation of germ theory and virology. In our minds, this is some of the most important work being done today, and it can come at great cost to those doing it. Powerful is the machine that profits off germ theory and many, both past and present, have paid a heavy price for challenging it, which is why we are so grateful to Mike, DJ, and everyone who appears in their series for doing exactly what science is meant to do, question itself. We hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening, and welcome back to Terrain Theory. Okay, we are live. Mike Wallach, DJ Leslie, Thank you so much for joining us on Terrain Theory. Thanks for having us. Glad Excited to, be to be here. I suppose before we can dive into the topic of terrain theory, we have to talk about the system that preceded it that you are taking down with your five-part series, The Viral Delusion. And this is an important step, I'd say first step, before Mike and I lay the foundation around terrain theory. And... I want to talk first about the genesis for the making of the viral delusion. What you've set out to do is like David taking down Goliath, and that's not an overstatement. And what I want to know is how you arrived at the point of, we really got to make this thing. Uh, I mean, I would say for me, it goes, it goes way back um, to when my, uh, when my wife was 30. My wife and I were 30 years old, and she... Um, she suddenly developed these these huge knees, and uh, it was a really strange condition where um, you know one knee would blow up for a while, and then it would go down, and then the other knee would blow up for a while, and uh, pretty soon she couldn't walk um, without a cane. So um, she started going to all these rheumatologists in New York City, and uh, they all said the same thing, which is uh, you know you have uh, some kind of early onset arthritis. We don't. Uh, really know what caused it it must be genetic and um we don't have anything we can do for you except put you on a steroid treatment like a regular steroid treatment to bring the inflammation down and you should get a good cane and uh you know we were living in brooklyn and you know my wife is this beautiful 30 year old woman who's suddenly walking around with a cane out of nowhere and uh, it was really frightening it was it was a very scary experience and um and then we happened to hear on the radio uh, 
this uh, doctor who uh, was a pathologist at a major hospital in New York City, and he had quit because he was so fed up with the standard of care in the uh, in the in the community, and he had started his own practice, and uh, he sounded really brilliant. Um, so I said to my wife, like, "Hey, let's why don't we just see what this guy's got to say?" You know. So we went down there, and uh, and my wife walked in. And he took one look at her and he said, are you a professional athlete? She said, no, definitely not. And he said, okay, what does your bathroom look like? And she was like, huh? What does your bathroom look like? And uh, she said, I hate my bathroom. He said, yeah, is the paint peeling on the walls, like in the corners and stuff? She said, yeah, that's, that, that's it. And he said, yeah, you, you, have, a, you have a mold allergy. There's <laughs> something, you know, it's, it's in your apartment. You should get out of that apartment uh, as soon as you can. We'll run some tests to see if if that's true, but uh, you probably have a mold allergy and you should just get out of there. So we got out of there uh, right away, and uh, that was 16 years ago, and uh, never bothered her again ever since. Um, so that was really a, a a huge eye-opening experience for me um, on so many different levels, and I mean especially when you talk about terrain theory. And the idea of where does disease come from, uh, that it comes from our environment, from toxins in our environment. And if we care for our environment, if we care uh, for the, the, the food we eat, the water we drink, the, you know, what's around us, um, that's, that's health. That, that, that is the recipe for health. And um, it, it, you know, it also showed me that the the paucity of thought and, and, and wisdom that exists in the allopathic community uh, on so many different issues. And, and, you know, Dr. Ali, this doctor, you know, he, he huddled us around, uh, he held my hand and he held Susie's hand and he put his head like close to our heads. And he said, listen, with all, this was way back, you know, 16 years ago, listen, with all of the children that have died in Iraq, with all the people that are dying in the Iraq war, it pales in comparison to the Lipitor scam. It pales in comparison to the medical scams that are going on right now in the mainstream medical community. He said, be very wary of anything you read in the new Enron Journal of Medicine, because that's what it is. He's talking about the New England Journal of Medicine, which is considered the most prestigious you know, journal out there. Hmm. So that, to me... Uh, was the first step that I took because I, 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 you know, why would you question the the mainstream medical establishment if you were just sort of brought up within that establishment as most of us are? Um, but for me, after that, I always uh, took uh, all of these claims with a little bit of a raised eyebrow and said to myself, "Okay, um, I better do some investigation myself on what's happening because if if you know if Susie, if my wife had followed their advice, uh, it would have." you know, seriously increased her chances of dying in her early 50s, mm. a regular steroid treatment. And she would have been walking with a cane in pain for her whole life. Seeing was believing. Yeah, that was a really big experience for me. Um, and then uh, I know DJ's had some some experiences, some very personal experiences as well. Um, and we sort of go step by step and get there. DJ, you want to get into that at all? Yeah. Um, when I was, yeah, I was a young, I was like 20, 
like 23 and um my brother is uh, about five years older than me and he's like a twin to me pretty much we we look exactly the same at certain times in our life and um he got really sick when i was about 20 23 and uh he got diagnosed with leukemia and we're just living an average life just eating average like junk food and whatever is like cheap i was raised really well but then i like was like always yeah i got to like college and i just bought what was cheaper um and and then my brother got sick and i saw that like i was headed for that course we were very similar and if if, if five years it could have been happened to me so i took it very seriously and and he he got well and he um he made it through the leukemia he's got two kids running around but uh, it was definitely scary in the hospital all the time with him and we'd listen to the doctors and we'd say we knew health uh, we had like health food my mom had a health food restaurant when we were when we were younger and we would ask the doctor like what what is a good food like what's this diet like what should we eat for like best results um and she just said like don't worry just eat chocolate cake or whatever makes you feel comfortable and i remember just sitting there like are you trying to heal my brother are you trying to do something the opposite to that because it seems like that's not very responsible for the doctor we're looking for advice and hmm. and i knew then and i kind of had a distrust for like authority before that but i knew well i need to double check the doctors completely on everything because this is his life here um so yeah we always fed him good stuff shiitake mushrooms and our own little remedy and he got better and he had a stem cell transplant which was very uh, important part in that and yeah he got better but uh that was a big eye-opening experience for me and after that i started caring like let me figure out what i'm gonna eat uh, i started foraging chaga mushroom and finding plants nearby to give to my brother and um and then i just kept eating them and trying to make tinctures and learning more it became a real passion of mine and uh yeah health was front and center for me and when all this happened uh I just I just saw so many weird responses to uh, I didn't know all the, the the virology scam at that point, um, but once I found it out and uh, I I wanted to share it with everybody else and me and Mike were were talking about these things and and yeah one thing led to the to the next. How, how did you two first uh, link up? Um, we we actually linked up at at uh, uh, on the square in Woodstock. And, um, <laughs> Joe Barton was, uh, was hosting a little, uh, freedom rally there just saying, Hey, Hey guys, let's uh, remember we could, we could still shake each other's hands. We could still sit next to each other. What month was this about? When was that? It was definitely like maybe late spring of 2020. Yep. Something like that. So would yep. you say April? They're out there all summer too. <laughs> What's that? They were out there all summer. Yeah. <laughs> so they were yeah, every, every weekend, weekend, man. Every weekend sitting in chairs, and it was great. I mean, it was amazing to see somebody do something. You know, just do something because it was it was like a tidal wave. Remember when mm -hmm. when it first came down? It was, you know, everybody's running, you know, in all directions, but nobody was just sitting down and saying, "Wait, hey, hey." Let's go slow here. Let's 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 remember some basic things about being a human being. And Joe and, and Paula were doing that. And so um, we showed up. Uh, my wife and I and our son showed up and we had heard about this kind of famous figure named DJ. And um, because of uh, DJ had given some legal advice to a friend of ours uh, and um our, my friend Steve was like, man, I, I always try to talk everything legal over with DJ because uh, he really understands the law 
And, uh, you know, I, I try to have weekly meetings with him and get some advice on him and stuff. And, um, so I'd heard all about this, this guy, DJ, and then we were down there and DJ was like, Oh, Hey, what's up? You know, I was like, Oh, who are you? He's like, I'm DJ. I was like, Oh, Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> it's DJ. It's amazing. <laughs> so we started talking and, um, we pretty soon realized that we were kind of nerding out on the same stuff, right? Definitely. Yeah, and by it. and by same stuff, you're talking about getting into SARS, uh, SARS-CoV-2, COVID, and then the, specifically like the viral delusion. Like specifically, okay, maybe this whole virology thing uh, isn't all that it's cracked up to be. Where did where did that information start to trickle to you? Well, yeah, these. Um, well, Paula uh, had pa- has passed away now, but she was an amazing uh, elder in our community. Uh, was Joe's wife and we're on the green. She was like kind of leading this whole thing. She sent me my first Stefan Lanka video. I remember watching like 1995, like Stefan Lanka has these vials and he's speaking with like this thick accent. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm going to watch this like six times. This is really basic. Like, yeah. have they answered his question after all this time? Like, have they isolated and shown these things to exist? And and I was fascinated to just keep looking, like really wanting to know. I had like a new daughter that had just come into the world and really wanted to know what was the truth so I can teach her and tell her how we can proceed on the earth. And, um, and so I was learning all this stuff. And we were at these, these rallies on the green. And um, there was all these people like, yeah, we're out in the sunshine. We're not going to get it. Like we have a strong immune systems. And, and I was just glad to be there, like fighting for good stuff with them. But me and Mike were like monkey kidney cells. What stuff? Anfos Harrison? You, 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 oh, you, oh, you're a nerd too. And we were like, oh, and then we started hanging out, and like I couldn't, I didn't have anybody else to talk to about these things. I was a little like a little stressed about it, and it was so nice to have him and his wife. They were all they knew the knowledge. They were both like passionately researching the stuff. So we just started talking it and keep sharing information. We all were reading the same stuff, and Mike. It was like, do you want to make a documentary with me? And I was like, <laughs> what? That sounds awesome. It's, it's, we need that. The world needs that, yeah. please. And uh, it was great. It was great. Yeah, it's so, pretty. It's pretty hard to find somebody to that, that you could talk in depth well, with. You know, I, you know, I, I'm I'm so grateful you guys are here. You're at my house now. But how did I miss you guys? I could have used you two years ago. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad we've connected now. Yeah, me too. Uh, truly, truly. Yeah. 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 Uh, what about what about um history as filmmakers um so i actually um i so i used to work for the government like god eons ago like 20 years ago or something and um i was very frustrated with my experience working for the man and uh uh and so i quit um and left to become a filmmaker uh and i ended up uh, my first film that I ever got um, produced and made and like, you know, put out there in the world um, actually was about an epidemic, weirdly enough. Um, that's uh, fiction or nonfiction? Uh, fiction and non, it's sort of like a fiction, nonfiction mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, this like really famous director had called me and said uh look i'm trying to make a documentary about the pollution in the chesapeake bay and it's really boring like it's unbelievably boring like nobody wants to watch that you know and not only that somebody already made a documentary about it and nobody watched it you know and nothing changed so 
it was like he was like, can we do something that's like just super commercial, but gets across the same information that like we're just completely destroying the Chesapeake Bay. So we decided to come up with like a really sort of cutting edge um, thriller horror movie about it. Uh, sort of like Godzilla type thing, you know, where like all the pollution creates this like <laughs> fucking catastrophe on, on, on this small town that, you know, this happy little small town yeah. on the Chesapeake Bay. And like nobody could piece it together. Like, no, like, you know, there's like there's almost nobody in town who can like draw all the connections of like, oh, my God, like, you know, there's. 300 million chickens in a chicken farm, you know, on the other side of the bay and they shit every day and they, they dump that in the water. And like, what impact does that have on the water? And like, what is it, you know, on a sea life? And so we like drew out this whole thing. And, and that was the first time that I had ever really done like, um, sort of real personal environmental research, you know, to look at like, Oh wow. There's actually like, there's actually like nuclear radiation leaks in upstate New York that make it down to the Chesapeake Bay. Like I didn't know that. Or like um, they tested fish from a thousand rivers in the country uh, to see how many of them um, have like toxic levels of pollutants in them. And what they found was um, 100%. <laughs> 100% of fish from a thousand different rivers in the United States. Like, whoa, you know, so it was like, okay, that's, you know, so that was my introduction. It was a very different film. Um, and then, um, you know, I, I realized, I, I knew like, uh, I, I was not going to be able to like take this to like Hollywood people and be like, Hey, like, you know, let's, <laughs> let's do this. Let's get like Ben Affleck or whatever, you know, it's like, obviously that wasn't going to happen. We were going to have to do this ourselves. We were going to have to just make it happen. And, um, and I, I would say it was like, for me, it was very nerve wracking because I'm a bit shy and like to, to actually call up all these doctors and these scientists and say, I'm making a documentary and I've never made a documentary before, <laughs> but I want to interview you, you know? And, and what I discovered was actually that um, everybody was awesome and everybody was dying to tell their story. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they, were, they were dying to get this information out because nobody would talk to them. These brilliant people. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like a, a reflection a little bit of what, <laughs> what we feel uh, Mikey and I doing this podcast. Neither of us are scientists. Neither of us are m medical experts, but we stumbled upon this idea of terrain theory at the time when, like you, uh, all the red flags were going up as the world went into lockdown and quarantine and nothing was making sense. And we went, well, this other thing, terrain theory, really sounds like it makes a lot of sense. And at the time when I'm being disempowered and told to wait in my house until I get sick, and or until a vaccine is created, terrain theory is saying, oh, no, 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 no. Like, you, there's, it's all about you. It's all about what you do. It's all about what you eat and what you avoid and uh, your mindset. And so um, as, I, as we reach out to people like you, <laughs> we're going, we're not qualified necessarily to be podcast hosts of terrain theory, this huge paradigm, but at the same time, no one else was doing it. And we're like, we got to do it. And then people, as we reach out, 
exactly like you were like, yes, let's go. This is exactly what this, this is the story that needs to be told. Comma, the whole virus germ theory thing is the story that needs to stop being told. But first, before we do that, we need to show everybody why it needs to stop being told. Uh, so all that is to say, one, the reception, like you guys just being here in the room feels like a little bit of a reflection on, on what you experience when you reach out to people for uh, for your film, for your series. Uh, and that is you know grateful that you're here and also awesome to hear that that was the reception that you got as you reached out to you know some big names like Andrew Kaufman, Tom Cowan, like you said, Stefan Lanka, like even Tom Cowan, when he came on, said Stefan wouldn't talk to him for a long, like for a while. I don't think he, Stefan, necessarily knew who Tom was. So, like, there is some element of guardedness around these folks, particularly guys who are virologists who are being asked to expose virology, like their life's work, um, as being potentially pseudoscientific or fraudulent. Um, you know, the whole list, like Mark Bailey, Don Lester, David Parker, like you have some heavy hitters, microbiologists, journalists, authors, you've got some real heavy hitters in your series. And I'd love to learn a little bit more about like how you vetted them, how you came upon that list. Like, did you have some guidance or was all this like, we've read some of their stuff, we've been exposed to some of their stuff, we know we want to get them on? Um, it's probably a couple different answers to that question, but I, I would say like, a lot of a lot of it for me as well was was uh, stumbling upon the work of David Crow, um, who was like all of us, um, kind of an ordinary guy. Um, Twenty five years ago, uh, when he got involved in uh, the AIDS movement, and um, just uh, and became aware that there was a, a a hidden controversy there. You know that there were all these scientists who were speaking out against the institutional uh, explanation of what AIDS was. And, um, and so he decided to do a radio show, um, you know, going all the way back to the mid, I think he started in the mid nineties and he had been doing uh, interviews with scientists. Um, you know, when I discovered him for like 20 years at that point. And, um, and I was just floored. I was, here was this huge, like treasure chest of information where this, um, you know, ordinary, but brilliant and thoughtful, um, radio host was interviewing this wide array of scientists on, on all these different issues. And, um, and so he was the first person that I reached out to actually. Hmm. Um, and he was so gracious with me and he was, you know, he would answer my questions about, you know, the efficacy of, vaccines in certain situations and and what about this disease outbreak or what about that disease outbreak and he would just email me back with 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 studies you know and so it, and then you know he had this litany of of scientists that he had already spoken to that I could listen to and you know understand what their perspectives were um and I think you know what what DJ and I pretty quickly um realized was that there was there was this other there was an entirely other alternate perspective on the whole paradigm the whole way of thinking about disease and once that clicked um then it was just a question of like okay who who can explain the different aspects of that and you know does what they have to say actually check out you know I mean, I think like one of the most amazing things about Stefan Lanka is he, um, you know, 
Stefan Locker, his story is kind of worth telling a tiny little bit. Um, you know, he was a virologist um, back in the 80s and um, was studying under, you know, um, really some of the like biggest names in the in, in the history of science. I mean, Irvin Chertoff, who who was really one of the founders of, of genetics, um, never got a Nobel Prize for political reasons. But, um, you know, Laka was his prize student in a lot of ways um, for having done some really like groundbreaking work on plant algae. OK. And um, and Laka was giving lectures um, on AIDS when AIDS first popped up. And he was giving very traditional lectures, you know, saying, OK, look, nobody at my university uh, in um, in Germany is, uh, is is speaking about AIDS. This is a very serious issue. I be, I'm a virologist. I should speak about it. So he just started giving these kind of standard lectures that he was getting, uh, you know, institutional information. And then I think it was Chertoff came to him and said, listen, uh, Stefan, I, uh, I'm not sure that, you know, all of the information that you're telling people is actually uh, vetted, you know, it's actually checked out. And Stefan was like, well, what do you mean? You know, it's AIDS. I, I must tell everyone. He said, well, tell you what, why don't you go to the library and why don't you um, find all the key research papers you can on AIDS and uh, uh, so-called HIV? And why don't you photocopy each of them, make a copy for you and a copy for me, and then uh, come to my office on Fridays and we'll go over those papers together. And what Lanka discovered was that there was no real science behind the idea that HIV caused AIDS. He couldn't believe it. And so he started reaching out more and more and more, looking into this more and more and more. And pretty soon he was plugged in to this massive uh, group of scientists that were saying, hey, where, what are you basing this claim that HIV causes AIDS? What are you basing that on? And he discovered that, you know, not only was, uh, you know, his mentor, Irvin Chertoff, you know, saying this is garbage. Look, let's look at the research. Uh, not only was he seeing it for himself, but, you know, Peter Duisberg, the world's greatest uh, virologist, the, considered the world's greatest virologist at the time, was saying this is total nonsense. Professor at uh, UC Berkeley, um, you know, received the most prestigious grants for, for decades uh, from NIH and whatever, was saying this is garbage. Um, you know, Carrie Mullis, who I'm sure we'll talk about later, Nobel Prize winner, um, and then a whole host of other people we're all saying this and Laka saw and met and talked with all these people and began speaking out and saying, oh my God, we have to, we have to make this clear to everybody. And he saw how that movement was destroyed politically. And uh, what he did was he went back and he took that time and he went back and he really in depth researched the history of uh, medicine and the history of um virology itself uh, because if you study most fields uh, certainly virology you're not really drenched in the actual history of it you know the the actual experiments along the way and the timeline you'll get a sort of you know box in your textbook oh the great louis pasteur you know a little 
a little box there and a little box here about, you know, tobacco mosaic virus and blah, blah, blah. But um, the actual research history, you have to actually research it. And so when cope, you know, when this whole, you know, thing broke out uh, in 2020, Laka had already spent 25 years reach, researching the history of medicine. And he could say, listen, here are the key moments in the history of this thinking. And he could point to the papers and he could say, I, I want you to go look for the John Enders paper in 1954. I want you to read the you know, criticism of these virologists in the 90s who were upset at the way things were being com computerized. Uh, I want you to read you know, this uh, sentence in the, the first paper out of Wuhan. You know, he could point to all of these things and he knew it back and forth. So you know, I think that DJ and I pretty quickly realized as we checked all of this stuff that he was right. The, the sentence is there in the paper in Wuhan, just like he said it would be. There is a 1954 paper that uh, reads exactly as he said it did. Uh, these institutions do point to that paper as a, a turning point in virology. So um, it was it was mind blowing the more we dived in, but the more we talked to people like Lanka. Cowan, Kaufman, the more we realized that what they were saying, they were simply pointing a, a flashlight at aspects of scientific history and contemporary science that other people just you know, didn't see or refused to look at. Um, what they were saying beyond that didn't even matter. Uh, once you see that this is all just in, in the scientific record, um, then, you know, for me, at least slowly, the light started to turn on. Is that jive with you? No, definitely. Um, yeah, it was, it was cause, cause I was like, I always had questions. I had so many questions for all, all, of, all the professors, all the teachers we had these last couple of years. Um, I like to think of, of them as my professors. Mm -hmm. Cause uh, yeah, I've said that learning. I feel like I've been in grad school for the last two years. Yeah. Certainly real, real, like real, real learning though. Real yeah. authentic. And these, 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 these people we interview uh, they're not saying like what I believe is science, trust it, and that's how, all you can do, and and don't question what I'm saying. They're saying, look, let's question this together. Let's. Um, mm -hmm. It was very authentic to to see. It was refreshing to see that because you have the, the opposition doing the complete opposite. Believe the science, trust the science, and and science is to be contested and tried in every angle and pride and to stand still at the end. And that's what we wanted to show that this this science wasn't wasn't controlled and and these. And the people we interviewed were all all so happy. We we didn't think we could like we'd like reach out to like some like Stefan Lanka was like a, a major figure for me at the time. Yeah. So to reach out to him and Mike tells me Stefan Lanka's in. He's gonna do the interview next week. And I was like, Wow, this is happening. We're, we're, this is really happening. They were all so um happy to take part in this this that we were doing. Um, because their voice was being stifled by every angle. If they had something to say, they were taken off this, taken off that, banned. And, and we were like, Hey, can you come speak and, and tell your story and yeah. let's really check it out. And we, we would check it out. We, 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 we would like double check their work and everything. And it stood strong. Um, and yeah, it was these, yeah, it was, it was amazing to, uh, just to, to interview all these great names. Cause, um, 
yeah, I think they're doing major things for, for humanity right now. And uh, just glad to take part in it. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, uh, Stefan Lanka most recently has been doing those control experiments, which uh, is just more, you know, pr- one, the, the proper science finally being done to say, here's, here's the control we're going to do. Everything that the virology has been doing to uh, allegedly prove that a virus causes a disease, we're going to do those same experiments without introducing the supposed virus and see if we have a different outcome. And of course, those control sper- experiments are showing the same cytopathic effect without any sort of uh, inf- viral tissue, um, which sort of just blows, you know, blows the whole thing wide open again. And, and how many, the question is, how many pieces of evidence against virology does one need before they go, all right, I, I get it. I get it. Because that, I think this is one of, one of the threads that I'd love to start pulling on with you is is that put one the pushback that maybe you've received since releasing this, uh, and and two, like what kind of mind are you finding to be receptive to this? Because for both of you, anecdotally, talk about your personal experiences, having gone through a personal experience around health, a loved one who was thrust into the allopathic model, and something something went, this is, this doesn't seem right. Finding an alternative and going, this makes a lot more sense and it works. But clearly you're going to come up against folks who, who look at this. And I have too, in, in conversations around what is terrain theory and their eyes sort of glaze over the defenses go up and they look at it as like tinfoil hat stuff. Surely you've come up against that. And I'd love to hear a little bit about how you break those barriers down or like maybe what is the first piece of information you might provide to someone to be like just look just look at start here <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible at that i mean i am <laughs> i am absolutely terrible at that it's kind of why like i wanted to make a movie you know yeah. what i mean like i was just like look i i can't have these conversations these these conversations with people anymore um i i, I here <laughs> i'm gonna make a seven hour documentary it's be- series it's beautiful where, where i'm gonna lay it all out <laughs> you can watch it you can not watch it yeah. you know what i mean like that's your that's your thing it's you know i i <laughs> because yeah it drives me up the wall but um and anyway, i don't care what people think if yeah. people want to think that uh space aliens cause disease <laughs> or they want to think that you know the devil did it or whatever or, or a retrovirus or whatever garbage they want to think they can think that you know what i mean they're welcome to think that i think that um what hopefully we're doing is building a community of people who are uh actually curious and uh you know on some level we're just you just got to start there like hey are you curious you know are you curious about history about science about philosophy epistemology are you, are you curious about, um, you know, politics? Uh, because uh, if you are, there's a, a, there's there really is like a pot at the end of the rainbow. I mean, there really is this like extraordinary vista of um, of history and science that uh, you can learn and that changes everything. Um, yeah, you will reap rewards. And yeah. like you said, it, I think where this is such a mess is you you just freely said i have no problem with you thinking that you can think that but it's not it's not reciprocated and that's that's 
why we're trying to like untangle this mess. And I've had several tough conversations with friends of late. And I've said that very thing. I, I honor what you think and I'm fine with you making the choices that you've made, but it does not feel reciprocated. And that's where I guess I have to draw a line and, and sort of call bullshit. And that's, but at the same time, twice in this conversation already, Hey, my brother has cancer. Maybe he shouldn't eat chocolate cake. It seems like a fucking no brainer to us. Maybe now, maybe, you know, 10 years ago, maybe we weren't quote unquote enlightened in, in terms of like the hidden in plain sight. Chesapeake Bay is filled with chicken shit. Maybe we should address that. Like these things do seem like at this point in time, again, I want to be, I want to like, I don't want to come off as pompous because I've been on this journey and I'm where I'm at now. And I wasn't there even two years ago, but like, it seems this conversation can start in a very obvious place. Let's not fill the bays with chicken shit. Let's not feed processed sugar to our sick brothers and sisters. It's a great place to start. And yet, why is that? so contentious yeah it seems pretty like like your eyeballs can see it like we we like that's a, lot, a big part of like what we want to do here like start believing in yourself again to yeah. like to like reason and think and make choices and observe your surroundings and like just like don't believe everything you say here because um like yeah it's it's um it's, yeah, we, you got to bring that spirit back in yourself to believe and to take care of your family and um, just to not follow into question. Yeah. Um, I love what Michael just said, that there's a pot of gold at the end. I mean, you will reap rewards. You're going to reap just what you sow. There is a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. That's I mean, so my, my wife, my wife would be, uh, you know, still walking with a cane. Yeah. I mean, I could tell you tons of stories like that. I mean, once you start to open your eyes to understand that uh, there's another perspective on health and another perspective on disease, you see all sorts of things mm -hmm. that you didn't see. They were right in front of you mm -hmm. before. I mean, I'll, I used to live in Mexico and uh, I woke up uh, at four in the morning, uh, itchy as hell, itchy as hell. I couldn't believe it. Um, I don't know how, I was really a mess. By, by 10, nine or 10, that morning, my entire body was covered with like hives and I, my face was so swollen. I looked like a raccoon and I, I immediately like, you know, went to the, the local like private Western little hospital uh, in uh, in Tulum where I was living. And the doctor uh, talked to me for a little bit. He's like, you know, what do you think happened? I was like, I don't know. I was I, I was I was like. I had this berry from this tree in my hand and I was kind of like playing with it in my hand. Uh, he's like, did you eat the berry? I was like, no, I didn't eat the berry. He's like, all right, well, don't worry about that. He's like, uh, I was like, what do you think happened? He's like, I don't know. He's like, this is, this is bad though. We're going to put you on a steroid drip and you're going to sleep at the hospital. Cause you look like shit, you know? And I was like, great. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know? And he, you know, put me on a steroid drip and put me in the hospital and, and, and uh, it gave me this like synthetic coconut water, which is hilarious. Like everywhere you go in Tulum, you can get actual coconut water. Like every single, you can't, they fall on your head, coconut. Literally, the coconuts will fall on your head in Tulum all the time. If you, unless you're like watching out for it. You, it's like 50, 25 cents for somebody to like chop open a coconut. But only at the hospital, they have synthetic coconut water, right? 
Anyway, I just remember that's like a flash memory. It's fucking you know? insane. <laughs> it's insane. So anyway, I spent, you know, the night at the hospital. In the morning, he sent me home with like a steroid cream to rub all over my body every day. And so I did that for like 10 days and like nothing got better. Like I was still a disaster. I, I looked like some bizarre creature that like crawled out of the swamp, you know. And it was really annoying to us, super itchy. And then I was talking to uh, this this lady who was a nanny for our, our son at the time. And I was telling her, and she was like, oh, you touched the Chechen tree. And I was like, yeah, yeah I touched the I just touched the berry. She's like, oh, yeah, you touched the berry of the Chechen tree. <laughs> like, you got to go out. And right next to the Chechen tree grows its brother, the, the Chaka tree. And you got to hack the, the bark off the Chaka tree. And you boil that. And you take that and you put that on your body. And uh, so I did that. I got my friend who had a machete to chop the bark off of a, of a Chaka tree. Just always grows next to the chechen tree there's a whole legend about it in mayan culture and um uh boiled it put it on my body and within i would say an hour i was completely healed and better hmm. right i was completely fine so you know this total lack of awareness of our surroundings and how they can cause disease and what that might suggest as to the cures. Uh, because if you don't know what caused it, you're not going to have a very good sense of how to cure it. Um, you know, I, literally, I could just keep telling these stories. I mean, my wife has uh, um, uh, basically she, she had this condition where she went to talk to a doctor. Uh, she's she, dealing with this like sore thing. And uh, for like, I don't know, 20 years, you know, going to regular doctors, finally, like, you know, with the new mindset, she went and talked to a, uh, a, di a different kind of doctor, a doctor who's got like a terrain mindset. And the doctor, this is what the doctor did. The doctor sat her down in her office and she asked her questions for two hours. That's all she did. She went through hundreds of questions. For two hours and at the end of the two hours my wife is like okay so what is it doc you know like what <laughs> what what causes this and the doctor goes oh i'm not going to answer your question i don't know she goes here's what here's what almost always happens um my patients go home that night they've been asked so many questions that they start thinking about it and they go to sleep and in the morning they wake up with the answer and Susie was like, okay, that sucks. <laughs> I was really hoping you had the answer, you know. And she went home and told me about the whole thing. And we we're like, oh, okay, well, whatever. And she went to sleep. And in the morning, that morning, she woke up and she was like, holy shit, I know what it is. It was a Lyme allergy. And she realized every single time that this happened, she had been touching the 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 rind of a lime. Um it's just like once your eyes are open, you can actually get better from stuff. And I'll tell you one more story and then I'll shut up. Because <laughs> I was like, people are like, oh, is this really going to help me? Or like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. But yeah, it's really going to help you. It's like actually going to help you all the time. I Every mean, first time. of all, you won't fucking kill yourself. 
with their with their suggestions right that's that that's helpful right but then <laughs> second of all there's all these littler smaller things that you like like our son when he was one he got like this really bad like cough and flu and it was like i was like oh no like this sucks like he's in bad shape maybe we should give him some like aspirin or something like he sucks he's you know what is going on well i happen to have just we happen to have just had a conversation with like one of the legends of the movement in some ways uh larry polevsky and we'll we can tell that story later but we had come out of his office and with this mindset and um and so we're sitting there going, why did he get sick? You know, he's only one. And then he's crawling around on the floor and it hits us. We had just bought a new rug from West Elm. And it's a piece of shit rug because we don't have a lot of money. We we're like 34, like trying to make it, you know. And um, he's crawling around on this rug and it's just giving off all these synthetic fibers. And he's just literally all day that's what he's doing is just breathing in these synthetic fibers so we rolled up the rug threw out the rug and in a day he got better and he you know boom so it's like there are so many opportunities to um understand to be healthier to be happier um i'm so you know super grateful and uh and this whole virus scan this is just this is like this is one of the big kahunas, you know, this is one of the big gigantic anchors that people are attaching to like your ship and you just pull this thing out and like cut the cord and you're going to sail on instead of being sunk by all the garbage that that's associated with it. Um, because it's, it's, uh, it's just shocking. I mean, it's, it's tragic and we could talk about that too. That brings me back to what you, 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 the first part of your answer around not, you know, not so much caring what people think about the movie, the difficulty in having these conversations with people. And therefore we made this series here, here it is. And I look at it and go, okay, I, I respect that you're not attached to the reaction of an audience member, any given audience member to, to the series or, Maybe they just don't oh, I'm, watch I'm, it. I'm super attached. Well, okay. <laughs> or, or maybe, you know, or, or maybe, um, you know, whether they no, watch yeah. it or not. I look at it and go, this, this may be the single most important film series that has ever, that's ever entered my life. And the stakes couldn't be higher for another one of the reasons that you mentioned. And that is those who are who are operating within that old paradigm may do something that's just going to kill themselves like they're just going to end up the, the system is going to kill them because they don't understand there's a better way one they don't understand that the system itself is built off fraudulent science and doesn't reflect the actual reality of our lives or health or how our bodies work and how the world works uh, and two there's a better way that actually the way that we thrive as humans is is through what you're saying, observation of nature, the way that the human health actually works, the, hum the way that the human body works, the way that illnesses work and how we can find remedies for those illnesses. Uh, the stakes, I look at it and uh, the stakes couldn't be higher. I want everybody in the world to watch this series and then make up their minds, but at least sit down and watch it. How has the response been? 
just you know as a you know i'm a, an artist i make records i put them out and you want people to hear i mean do you feel like it's it's got legs has it, has uh, it got some good yeah feedback? i mean it's sort of like it's bifurcated uh the response from the people who have seen the series who have actually seen it has been mind-blowingly awesome like extraordinary i actually just cut a new trailer yesterday yeah i saw that because i i was like people have got to hear that this is actually their response mm -hmm. you know what i mean just like people are like flip it out they're like amazingly supportive you know and as 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 an artist you know as somebody who's trying to like put something out into the world to share a perspective and and you know feel like am i communicating am i connecting with people at all it's extraordinary it's been amazing you know um so on that on that level it's it's I couldn't couldn't have dreamed of a better response. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, you know, there's the 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 there's the media chamber that, you know, doesn't, you know, they're you know, they're not throwing out keys into that room at all. And then, you know, there's there's um it's it's very uh it's very hard to crack, you know, into that. I mean Again, I could tell a couple of random stories. Um, I, I wanted to put a press release for the, for the documentary when, when when it first came out, and uh, so I, I I hired this company called E Releases. I was like, yeah, you can, so you have to do everything yourself, right? Like absolutely everything. Uh, so I was like, All right, I got to find a way to put out a press release. How do you do that? I eventually, found this company E Releases. So um, it's like three hundred dollars, and they put the press release out to a hundred thousand journalists in the country because it's all automated and stuff right so i sent the press release in paid them the three hundred dollars ten minutes later they called back <laughs> ten minutes later they called back and they said uh is this mr wallach i was like yeah i'm so sorry sir but um we actually um now i forgot damn it i forgot the name of the company but we actually what we do is we're just a sort of a go-between to uh pr newswire that's it yep. Uh, PR Newswire, they actually are the ones that have the system for the whole country to tell journalists like what's happening in the country, right? And uh, uh, we just got a call from PR Newswire that they they will not put out your press release. And I was like, whoa. I was like, has this ever happened before? And, and she was like, uh, no. <laughs> no. It's never there. There's a company's constantly putting out press. All they do is put out press releases all day. Da, 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 da. No, and in ten minutes, PR Newswire had already come to the scientific conclusion that uh, telling people about uh, our film series was, uh, you know, some sort of heretical, uh, you know, sin, and uh, it said no. So it's like okay. That's cool, you know, duck and jab, you know, like, mm -hmm. but that's that. I think that's sort of indicative of like people think they're getting information. They're not getting. They're they're getting what, you know, certain people want you to know. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, the creation of a ministry of truth in our time <laughs> speaks to the calamitous situation that is dissemination of truth versus disinformation versus 
misinformation. It's wild. I had a feeling that I'm glad Mike asked that. I I did want to know how, how, what other challenges and struggles you've had trying to like release this and get this out into the world. I mean, I think, I think the other big one, um, so so that's like sort of the mainstream world, right. To, To some degree, but there's also the, there's two, there's two other groups out there that I think like there's a lot of contention around and we're still trying to solve these puzzles. Um, one is like the lab leak people. Uh, and then the other is like the, the sort of politically uh, active uh, political groups. And, and I, I think we can work our way with both of these groups over time, but it's very frustrating. Like it's very, very, very frustrating. Um, the lab leak people like, like, you know, talk to them. It's kind of interesting. You know, you have conversations, but, but unless they really dive in, I think this, they're, they're just really bought into this idea that, um, that viruses, uh, are real. And there's this sort of, you have to kind of dislodge that, that whole notion. Um, because I think there, there's almost this, this desire to say, we caught you like we caught you government we got you we got pin you to the wall now and that i respect that it's there's there's so much corruption out there um but i think like if somehow we can make like you know um if we can have a real dialogue then we can we can really paint that a much more accurate picture of what the corruption looks like and what's going on mm-hmm. um and then there's these like political movements um that don't want to be too risky you know they want to sort of keep things as um palliative as possible or something like like they they want the biggest tent they can find and i respect that i think that there's a there's room for that but um they're also that they've been very um a lot of them have been very uh reticent to take this on because um i think they're also just sort of stuck in a way of thinking and um they it, it's it's like a big learning curve for people to go on to understand what what the actual scientific history is and um what fills the 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 void is all this garbage and um, it's, it's, it's been, it's, that's been a very frustrating experience. So the, of course the media is their gatekeepers, I guess is the term, but of those you have reached, of course, there's our, I don't like to use these like, um, binary camps, but it's sort of where we're at. It's like, have you been able to sort of like cross the aisle and have you gotten responses and accolades from converts, people who, who, you know, cause obviously I watched the film. I went to the, the premiere up up north and uh i was sort of proud as i sat there watching the first two and a half hour segment i thought holy shit i have done my homework like i know this shit like it was really gratifying you know the last two years i have read i've talked to or watched or read a lot of the same stuff you guys obviously poured over i was really proud of myself it's like i feel very well informed and i feel very proud of of these gentlemen who have made this presentable and palatable and digestible because it is it's it's it can be heady um but have you have 
have you gotten responses from quote unquote converts, people who who's who have seen the light? You saw that one. You should tell them about the one uh, medical. Um, Janet. Yeah yeah. 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 That's just who I was thinking of, actually. So, yeah, um, like we got we got an interesting uh, email a, a little while ago um, from this woman, Janet, and um, she I, I'm going to paraphrase her here. Um, but, but she basically wrote, she said, Hey, look, I just finished watching the the whole series and uh, I really felt like I, I needed to email you. I, I, um, I've, I've been a lab scientist and a lab technician working, um, in hematology f- since 1979 and I just retired and watching the doc series, it really just clicked in with me that my entire career has been a fraud Mm. and uh it's really uh unbelievable and i um i don't know what to do but i want to thank you (laughs) i want to thank you so much and um i want to uh share this as much as i can and i just hope that you will you know pass on my thanks to these incredible doctors and scientists who actually had the courage to speak out. Um, so we, you know, we've gotten letters and then after, so then I was like, wow, that's an amazing letter. I'm going to email that out. So I emailed that letter out to everybody. I was like, guys, you got to hear stuff like this. And then more people wrote in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, you guys probably got my email about this, but like this, this woman, uh, Barbara, uh, Angela, uh, wrote in and she was like, ah, I read Janet's letter. And I just want you to know, like, I'm a 30 year, <laughs> Uh, biochemist and I've spent my whole life working in recombinant uh, uh, DNA and RT-PCR and I, I, I want you to know that yeah it, it is all a fraud and um, and uh, and really anybody and her quote was really any undergraduate who actually read their textbook would have known that and would know it hmm. and when I tried to speak out at my lab I was immediately fired so um i think that uh yeah there's there's definitely some converts but i think that honestly maybe there's like 30 percent of people who are like i'm not trying to convert them i i I think that there's millions or tens of millions of people who just honestly curious who want to understand what's going on they um aren't so like filled up with a perspective on this already or they 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 know the mainstream perspective and they feel like hmm seems like there's something wrong with it but i can't put my finger on it you know i think that if if uh if those people are able to be exposed to this actual history and actual science then um i think we have an opportunity to like completely um you know have like very far-reaching effects i think uh i'm sorry to interrupt but you don't even have to look into history you can look at present statistics with cancer heart disease autism on depression suicide rates like everything is on the up it's everything's increasing so it's like you don't you don't have to actually convince anybody of those facts diabetes i mean the list goes on and on and on and on so clearly what we've been doing is not working these are the results that we're getting under the current paradigm i find that that can be an opportunity to um to get somebody's ear you were going to say 
No, this is a yeah. There's a great time to learn. Like people are pushed to a, a level where they have to learn. So it's it's, it's right. waking a lot of people up. Right. But some people, you know, just it's a lifetime of like religion, pretty much that we're dealing with. Like from your young child, like you get taught these things, and you're in like health health class in seventh grade, and you're getting taught about HIV, and like you're getting horrified. It's like actually a traumatic experience almost. Like they're horrifying you with these yeah the fear. Like it's so fear driven, and you're a young kid, and so these this like this like whole lifetime of memories, you have to like let go and say i was wrong sometimes you kind of have to say i was wrong or i was incorrect and not everybody can do that um it takes like it's just a, a certain person to do that and um yeah we're, we're trying to find those people and but some yeah it's 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 so ingrained in our mind and it's hard to shake um we've been like washing our hands and and just thinking about germs and losing gloves and lysol like it's just been it's hard to 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 to, to undo um yeah, we're like traumatized. But um, yeah, if we can reach those few people that have an open mind and want to look at things and question, and then we can, we can, yeah, hopefully we're trying to reach those people. Yeah, move the needle. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the folks whose paychecks and the paying off of their huge debt depend on, you know, continuing this worldview uh, with whom the cognitive dissonance is probably strongest. I want to go back to the series itself by first making sure we're leaving the listener with a solid 30,000 foot view of what it is. And then I want to jump into part five, uh, which is a closer look at the in silico discussion, which came up in our conversation with Don Lester and David Parker, both of whom were interviewed for your series. For the listener, as mentioned, the viral delusion is a five part series with part one focusing on SARS-CoV-2 titled the tragic pseudoscience of SARS-CoV-2. And then in the next three parts, each of which are over an hour long, you go back into history, first looking at polio, measles, and how it all began, then the plague, smallpox, and the Spanish flu. And then in part four, you look at AIDS, which many listeners will remember, before wrapping up with part five, which is titled Sequencing the Virus Without the Virus. And I want to talk about that last part. What does that mean exactly, sequencing the virus without the virus? Yeah, that was fascinating when I found out, like, what's in silico? I was like, what's that? Because I know what in vitro is, in vivo. Those, okay, I know that in silico, and I found out it's, it's in a computer model, and that's, that's the genome. It was just fascinating. And, like, to, it, it's, like, crazy that, like, all these smart people are, like, accepting these methods as, like, because you you just you just blending up this whole toxic this toxic mess and you're just putting it back together and Stefan Lanka shows you can put it back together in any way you want you could test for so many different things and find so it's it's fascinating that like they 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 do the the pseudoscience and it's accepted by everybody and this algorithm this next gen sequencing is is just a computer algorithm and all you human beings are just going to accept that without double checking it like you're not starting with a pure sample and smashing it all apart blending it up you're starting with this like mixture of genetic material from all these sources and it's just fascinating that it passes like it passes the test for all these smart people and it's just like this can't be this can't be like you guys this can't be happening it can't be that simple <laughs> like you can't you can't test for um, some genes, and that you test for two of three genes are 
and that's a negative test, right? Just from like a statistical, like no, no virology standpoint, if you're testing for two sequences and all for the first couple of years, that's a negative. You have two of the three genes, that's a negative. One of the three genes, that's a negative. If, if you start, I'll just forget, like you don't know any virology. If you start now, that like a year later, that negative test is now a positive test. It's so, a wait, like any logistical, logical person would just say, you, you can't, that's not, that's, that doesn't make any sense. That was negative before. How could you just say now what was negative is positive? It's just so many, so many nonsense, like so much nonsense you find along the way. It's just fascinating. Uh, oh, um, I was just, first of all, I was just going to say DJ, what, what, DJ was referencing the, the, the Omicron test and how the Omicron for, for, people who are um following every test and it's and it's and it's changes and so on it was the it was the test to, to say whether or not you had omicron where um you know before if you took the uh the, the pcr it would it would read negative but uh you could take that same negative result from a, a year and a half ago and then you could uh now if once Omicron was announced, that negative was considered a positive, right? So it's like, that's the, the, the value of the test is like, where it's like two plus two, you know, does not equal five in 2020, but in 2022, it does equal five, right? It's like, we've changed the rules, you see. There's all, I mean, it's just constant, it's constant, like changing of, 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 what constitutes a yes or a no or what constitutes a disease um you know what constitutes a cause what what's the backstory on a disease it's just it's constantly um being being changed around i mean you know even if you go all the way back to like edward jenner and um you know his claim that you know the reason that people got you know sores on their body uh was necessarily the exact same reason that um, milkmaids got sores on their hands, um, which was this from milking cows, right? Like if you got sores on your hands from milking cows, those sores must have the same, uh, you know, uh, cause as you know a child who's living uh you know in a um in a in a decrepit um you know slum in london and working uh in a polluted uh factory all day and is just being bombarded with constant toxins that their body's got to going to react to right like but but there was no talk of that there's no thinking about that it's just this is really like the birth of the whole the whole thing, right? It's going back to this these these absolutely absurd claims, but they're financially they're fantastic, right? Oh my god, wait, 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 wait. So if you know if if they all have the same cause, then all we have to do is just you know um, you know give them this single cure right here that 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 I Edward Jenner have in my back pocket, and I'll prove it to you. I'll experiment on orphans and you know and, and until i could sort of come you know ginny up some some results that that look somewhat convincing and then everybody jumps at that and then all of a sudden you know we've got vaccination and was that where it comes vodka from the cow right 
oh, it all comes from from this ridiculous, ridiculous theory that was completely preposterous and was widely rejected at the time by most thinking people and most thinking doctors. Uh, but it doesn't matter because it's it, you know once these things take uh, they they gain a certain economic commercial you know perspective all of a sudden for the first time doctors don't just treat sick people now you treat everybody oh just take this injection and you won't get the sores that um, children in factories get or milkmaids who over milk their cow udders get um, will inject you with the pus of a of a dying orphan and um, yeah we'll see massive spikes in death rates and oh yeah we'll also see massive spikes in um people breaking out in sores all over their body but don't don't look behind the curtain you know <laughs> just just take this injection and if enough people say it then people start doing it and so we get these you know th- this entire pseudoscientific history uh but you know you go online and you can research edward jenner and you'll see like oh like you know scientific hero right brilliant genius and um so you know the 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 modern um genomics it's fascinating um the 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 uh what they're doing but it's it doesn't actually um it's not actually leading to like positive health outcomes since you brought it up i'm going to take this opportunity to ask when during the pre-roll uh you mentioned dj that you were having trouble sourcing unvaccinated chickens and I said, I want to hear that story on the air. Could you, could you fill me in on that? Yeah, you'd never think, right? Like, I'm like, yeah, I want to get some back, backyard birds and trying to find some, like, nice, like, heritage varieties, you know, and uh, go on Craigslist because it uh, seems like some people will be selling them and I'll cut out, you know, just find sure. some yeah. some real, I could, a real person I can look in the eye. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just I just see everybody, like, don't worry, like, shots. Like, they got all their, like, avian bird flu shots and like i was like wow that one person's crazy i'm gonna check the next person but they're telling you this as a selling point yeah they're like proud of it like don't worry like your chicken's not gonna die we injected it with tons of crazy stuff (laughs) no i think it might um so like yeah and i go to the next site and i'm like okay um maybe it's just one crazy person but i kept finding all these heritage birds have been fully vaccinated with all the shots Hmm. And, and I find the PCR testing birds and checking them for avian bird flu mm-hmm. and like just killing the entire, your whole flock because a PCR test. Mm-hmm. And I just, I was like, wow, they're going after the chickens. <laughs> I never would have thought the eggs would be, would be like anything I had to think about. Well, and then that's it's a rabbit hole in and of itself. We were talking about how just to get your organic certification or for compost to be considered organic, it has to be treated according to all these government regulations that from our perch don't seem organic at all. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. That word is like, you can't even use that word with freedom. We need like a new word for, you know, organic. it's funny that, uh, so again, as a musician, I'm a folk musician to play acoustic music. And there was a little spell there where Ruthie and I were like, we were on this list of like industry listings and they'd send like, occasionally you scan through and it's mostly like, pop music and rock and things we don't do which is fine but i'm just like scanning through looking for like is there an opportunity here for us and there was one that said it wanted organic acoustic music i said oh maybe this is one for us right i paid like 10 grand it was like a big payday like and there's a couple links there reference links and it was all drum machines but like a little banjo tinkling in the background 
And Ruthie said, if this is what they consider organic, I guess our music is compost. It's like, what is the level <laughs> beneath? So we play compost music or like barnyard uh, fucking manure music or something. It's like, yeah, but you know, language is very important. And I've been thinking about that. I mean, I've thought about that a lot as a folk musician. Like the word folk is has so many connotations to it. Um, health is a loaded word. I mean, these words are loaded communism socialism these words are like they're outdated like they've they've got too much like anchors hung around them it's like we need constantly as creative people i think to be uh inventing and thinking of new words new uses of language to to tell a new story yeah because language has been coerced like yeah you might see like oh you isolated the virus yeah and wait what did you do you added all other kind of things so you bastard they just they take a lot of words away and completely invert them yeah and that was big for me when i was like no no isolate you know the dictionary definitely definition in the dictionary let me can i show it to you yeah should i should i print it for you and like put it in front of you because what you're doing is quite the opposite yeah you're adding just tons of toxins and multiple animal genetic material yeah and there's no way you can say isolate yeah yeah language yeah yeah if you you said if you said Many scientists have isolated and sequenced the SARS-CoV-2 virus, which causes COVID. I think the the only words in there that have actual meaning would be many and which. <laughs> Not to put too fine a point on it. Yeah. 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 Well put. I think another word that has been redefined during these last two years is the word vaccine. And it's uh, come back to the conversation around smallpox and the conversation being the vaccine eradicated smallpox. You hear that ad nauseum. Um, That specific vaccine, the smallpox vaccine, is uh, getting its heyday now as it allegedly is effective in uh, prevention of monkeypox. My question to both of you around the subject of vaccines, uh, how, if at all, did your perspective on vaccines change over the course of of making this movie? Um, You get into polio, measles, smallpox, uh, you talk about the flu, and you can't talk about germ theory and viruses without also at some point talking about vaccines. Um, so yeah, I was fortunate enough that my, my parents had like a little health food kick and like a little... Um, a little, um, yeah, a little spirit to, to not to not experiment on the kids. So I I was not vaccinated, um, fortunately. So it's crazy. That it took me so long to like even find these uh, this like there's no like there's no virus that's causing illness. Truth, because my whole life I was like, oh well, my immune system is strong, and that was like I hate like the immune system is this big like like just this blanket story that just hides you from the truth my whole life. And I was like, wow, I eat good. My immune system is strong. But I, it's also, you can just view it as I'm not poisoning myself at a high rate until I started making my own choices as an older adult. But I'm not poisoning myself. That's why I'm not getting sick. So, of course, the terrain. Um, so, yeah, my vaccines view did not did not change. Um, it's fascinating to find that the isolation technique that we're talking about, this is what I found out. It was fascinating that that is like the recipe for all vaccines. The monkey kidney cells and the cow blood and this antibiotics is is how they start every vaccine. That was fascinating to me. 
Um, but no, nah, no, no change here. Uh, my daughter, no vaccines, and gonna keep that spirit going. Yeah, I, I, my story is sort of um, sort of the flip version of what you were just talking about, Ben. Um, so the, the like after my wife got ill and we and we solved it, and Dr. Ali helped us figure all that out. Um, you know, then she got pregnant a couple of years later, and our son was gonna, you know born and so uh my wife was like well let's look into this whole vaccination thing you know and uh my, my sort of instinct was like to be like well, what are you talking what's there to look into you gotta vaccinate you know and then but you know i was like well actually wait let's actually do this let's look into this because um you just had this crazy ass experience with the medical <laughs> community and uh you know i'd actually also just had some crazy ass experiences with the government working for the government and uh, I was like, man, let's just double check on this, this one. And so um, my wife went to go speak to her doctor. Um, uh, I, I think it was like the pediatrician that, that you know, she was, uh, um, you know, going to when she was pregnant. And, and, and she was like, oh, you're asking about vaccination. Um, you should vaccinate. And my wife was like, okay, well, we, you know, we just wanted to know like what, you know, what the sort of what are the reasons why people are and and the doctors like basically cut my wife off and was like I vaccinate you should vaccinate that's it and I was like okay us well, that's kind of a kind of a little bit curt there you know but um not not atypical by the way if you've had similar experiences with doctors um, but uh, she had just read she had just finished Mary Holland's uh book on uh the legal history of uh modern legal history of vaccination and uh which is an eye-opener if you haven't read it and i recommend it and so she uh my wife being my wife uh called mary holland and was like oh, i just read your book um i was wondering if you might recommend a doctor that we could speak to who might be open to just answering some of our questions about uh vaccination and mary holland was like oh yeah why don't you uh call this dr larry Pilevsky?" So we went to go speak to uh, Larry Pilevsky. And again, we were newbies. We didn't know anything, you know, but we uh, we went in to talk to him and we we're like, uh, we have a million questions. And he sat down and he answered our questions for like three hours. And he's a busy motherfucker. Like it took us months to get on his hmm. on his register, you know, like he's. He, you know, he could have patients with like, he had a thousand patients a day for like a thousand years, I think. He's <laughs> totally slammed. But he sat there and he just like really attentively answered all of our questions about a million different things polio, smallpox, um, dangers of vaccination. What is the actual danger? Like, what's the problem with mercury, aluminum, Damaris, like all these different things. And so going all the way back, you know, 10 years now, um, that launched us into a whole uh, research period. We were like, oh, wait, okay, so what the fuck is going on with these things? You know, what are these things? What's what's happening? So I knew coming pre-COVID, I was well-versed in the literature. I, I knew the actual history of vaccination. Um, and I knew, obviously I knew about the dangers, um, but I also knew about the the... Um, the fraudulent claims of their of their efficacy, 
right? I mean, that's what we all hear. Uh, wiped out polio, wiped out smallpox, all this. Well, I knew that that wasn't true. I, what I had never, ever occurred to me was that that wasn't true because the whole viral paradigm was ginned up to, to support, essentially, the idea of vaccination. So it was only really when, um, you know, like DJ, I, I started reading uh, Stefan Lanka's work and reading Virus Mania um, that it, it's sort of like, oh, now the whole thing makes sense. Now I get it right now. And then you start, you know, you, you realize like, okay, aha, uh -huh, like, there, there was no polio virus. People got paralyzed for other reasons. There was no smallpox virus. People were coming down with what's called smallpox for many other reasons. And you can start doing the research on that, right? And you can start doing the research on all these different things. And then you come upon these little like imponderables, these little like tough nuggets. And I always find that those are my favorite things because they're like, they challenge you in this like weird way. You're like, oh, but like, what about this? Right. Like, what about the fact that when they first came out with the polio vaccine and they gave that vaccine to all these people, like all these kids got sick and some of them died. Right. And they were like, oh, man, our bad. We made too strong a virus. Right. And that's what everyone was like. Oh, shit. We need to attenuate the virus. Right. It was like, well, OK, well, if our whole perspective is true, then what would explain that, you know? And then you have to really dig because people haven't, you know, that's not like the easiest thing. The things like that aren't the easiest thing to find. But I, I mean, what I find to be the most interesting thing is when you actually dive in and eventually, you know, you can actually, you know, come to at least some understanding of a more likely story. And the more likely story is that they uh, had used a massively high dose of formaldehyde in the first uh, uh, quote-unquote vaccines that they, that they put out for polio. And what they did at the time was they didn't tell anyone that they had used this massive dose of formaldehyde, which is going to cause all sorts of problems, including kill you. And when they re-released the so-called vaccine for polio, and they said, we attenuated the virus. We've made it a weak virus now, right? But what they also did and didn't tell anyone is they massively brought down the levels of formaldehyde. So they knew. They knew that they had just fucked up. Right? But they didn't, that's not the story that they told. So you, I don't know. I don't I don't even know. But I, I, I think these little nuggets like that are really interesting. And um I think they can I so I, I also I don't mean if you're like a listener and you're like into this and you find these little nuggets, I think like that's like peel that orange, like get in there, like that, like don't stop. Uh, because that's like the when you realize it and you find thing like that after thing like that after thing like that, and every single time you're like, holy shit, actually, wow, there's a better story, there's a better explanation. It's like so satisfying. Uh, and and DJ, what what you're talking about which was okay if if viruses don't cause disease and even viruses as we're told they are don't exist what's in those things uh we and they, we don't have to go down that right now because we're going to start to wrap here with a couple questions one of which 
we like to ask everyone who comes on the show, because this is a show about terrain and terrain theory, we like to ask our guests what you do in your lives to tend to your own terrain. Like what are those non-negotiables, those habits that you have in your everyday to make sure that your terrain is, is tended to? Uh, yeah, I just try to, uh, eat fresh, um, produce, um, try to get good sleep, um, sunlight, uh, fresh air, uh, less Wi-Fi as you can, the least Wi-Fi as you can possibly do. Um, um, yeah, just, just care for your body. Like it's, it's, your, it's your only body <laughs> cause it is. And, um, yeah, just don't poison yourself on the regular by choice and, and of course, we all have our little like uh, enjoyments and stuff like that. But just have a mindset to keep you, yourself in, in good good health for the long run because very important. Um, so I mean, I take most of my health advice from my wife, um, and so I mostly just try to do whatever she says. But <laughs> um, let me—I can interpret that for you. That's good. <laughs> That's probably just good life advice. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, I think so. So, uh, she read a, she read a, she went through a whole kind of research period. I mean, it's really been her, her whole life, but in in a lot of ways, but, uh, on health, but, um, you know, she read the big fat surprise, uh, and, um, and then there was another book I want to also say, but I can't remember what what it was, but, uh, basically led her to like the Western price approach towards eating and nutrition and health. And, uh, so, uh, that's like the big thing that I like, I love. It's like another one of these things. Like if you like pull like some like 25 year old who's eating their like nacho chips and they're like Mickey D's and they got their like big old soda and you're like, Hey, uh, I, I eat healthy and I don't eat any of that junk. And I eat way better than you. Like I, I like, I, I get more pleasure out of my food than you do. You know what I mean? I think like the, the old me might've been like, nah, you know what I mean? Like, don't give me that like home baked cookie. I want my Oreo. You know what I mean? And like, it takes, there's a, like a little bit of a transition there. And then after a while you start to realize, Oh my God, it's so much more delicious. This is great. You know? So, I mean, for me, it's like the thing that like I was addicted to, like I was really into was like French fries, like and anything that was fried in oil, you know, like I was even vegetarian for a while, but like my vegetarian menu was like gentle chow's mushrooms mm -hmm. and like, you know, like eggplant Parmesan every day. You're like, now I'm like, ah, oh, so stupid, like a idiot, but like, <laughs> you know, you have to grow and learn and stuff. And so like, to me, like that, change of like dropping the um dropping all those bad oils and uh dropping the sugar uh you know to a large degree not entirely that's like been the most like awesome thing but i still have tons of bad habits so. we all do right we're all yeah. works in progress yeah lastly where can the listener find and follow each of you i don't know about each of us but um don't follow us around but <laughs> yeah, um but you can see the movie yeah. you can see the doc series at theviraldelusion.com theviraldelusion.com and that's the five part uh for the listener five parts seven and a half hours and i think it's like 11.99 right now 
Yeah. And the first episode, which is two and a half hours, is free. It's yeah. free. So you can watch it. And it, after two and a half hours of watching, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I want to check out the other five hours. Then you got to pay us $11.99. Um, Michael, DJ, I want to thank you both so much for coming on Terrain Theory, the podcast, and uh, and talking about such an important document documentary series. And I encourage the listener, again, get over there, watch the first episode, watch the whole thing, and uh, and follow that curiosity. And remember, science is there to question itself, and that's really what you guys are doing. So credit to you. Yeah, thank you for what you're doing here, too. Yeah, we need lots of voices telling, telling the people what they need to know and letting them choose what, what, what makes sense. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, seriously, thank you, guys. TheViralDelusion.com At the very least, go watch the first free episode. Watch it with an open mind, with the mind of a scientist, a real scientist, one who isn't afraid to ask hard questions and challenge long-held assumptions or beliefs. This is the way forward. Nothing you heard here should be taken as medical advice, as neither Mike nor I are medical professionals. Remember that you are light, you are love, and you are your primary healthcare provider. To everyone listening in the States, we wish you a safe and happy 4th of July weekend. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Yeah.